0: A lot of people in North Philadelphia West are experiencing a lot of anxiety right now because they see next to their house a four-story uh, aluminum clad. Oh, a monstrosity. Yes, being built. And it's selling for $400,000 in an area where properties are actually 150000 So there's a lot of anxiety. And uh, what I always talk to um, the class about is, Realize that there is this anxiety and, and, as you, and go talk to the neighbors freely and, and honestly. Hey, I'm from Jumpstart North Philly West and here's what my plan is for this particular property. I'm thinking about buying it and here's what I plan to do with it. How do you feel about that? What do you think, what would you like to see in this neighborhood? So I have found that that has been very beneficial. <laughs>
1: Welcome to the Jumpstart Philly Real Estate Radio Show, the program that shines a spotlight on positive real estate development and neighborhood revitalization in the city of brotherly love. Coming to you live from the G-Town Radio Studio on Maplewood Mall in Germantown. Here's your host, Alina DeLisser. everyone out there listening and welcome to another episode of the Jumpstart Philly Real Estate Radio Show. Today's guest is Robin Miller, an award-winning community development specialist who uses her extensive expertise as a realtor and architectural lighting designer to contribute to the revitalization of Philadelphia neighborhoods such as Frankfurt, North Philadelphia, and Center City. She's also the leader of Jumpstart North Philadelphia West which she's going to tell us more about today. Welcome to the show, Robin.
0: Thanks for having me.
1: So Robin, you're leading an affiliate of the Jumpstart Germantown program. And for anyone out there listening who might not know what the Jumpstart Germantown program is, it is a unique community development program spearheaded by local real estate developer Ken Weinstein that offers training, mentoring, and financing resources to local and aspiring real estate developers in Germantown, but the concept has spread to other neighborhoods. And Robin is the leader of the Jumpstart affiliate that operates in North Philadelphia. So Robin, tell us exactly what are the geographic boundaries of Jumpstart North Philadelphia West?
0: Well, thanks for having me. And uh, Jumpstart North Philadelphia, North Philly West is um, encompassing uh, 19132 and 19121, so the boundary is basically from Allegheny Avenue and 13th Street to 33rd and Girard and everything in between.
1: So is that kind of Temple University? It's
0: Temple University, Sharswood, Brewerytown, Strawberry Mansion, Stanton, Allegheny West, um, and Swamp Doodle. Swamp Doodle. Swamp Doodle. Okay. <laughs> I have never heard of that neighborhood. Swamp Doodle is uh, Allegheny around 22nd. No, it's Allegheny around uh, 25th to you know where Henry Avenue okay and Allegheny Meet. So that's Swamp Doodle. Sounds like it could be a great
1: barbecue restaurant or yeah. something. So so Robin why real estate, how did you get real how did you get interested in in real estate and real Well, estate that's investing?
0: quite a quite a story. Um, So as a lighting designer, uh, I have been, uh, I started as a uh, a theatrical lighting designer and production manager and went from there into, I liked architecture all along. So um, I decided after many, many years of being a theatrical designer that I wanted to go into architectural lighting and went to uh, Parsons in New York, Parsons School of Design. And while I was uh, about to start the semester, I thought, I need to make some money while I'm in New York. What am I going to do? So um, I, I sat for the uh, real estate license in New York and uh, passed the test, became a, a licensed uh, professional. And in one New of York. the
1: most competitive cities in the world. One for of real estate.
0: the most competitive, yes. And this was, a, this was early 2000s, like around 2005. So it was competitive but um not the com- competition that it is right now. So um that's how I got into real estate.
1: Cool. So your connection with Jumpstart, um how did that how did that begin?
0: I was on the uh I was working with uh Germantown United CDC. Oh, okay. And uh on a couple of the committees like the real estate committee and throughout all of our meetings, et cetera, I would hear this name, Ken, and (laughs) we should talk to Ken. Let's talk to Ken. And I'd say, well, who's Ken? Yeah, he's he's, he's iconic.
1: He's just down to one name now. Yeah, let's let's just talk
0: to Ken. So I found out who Ken was and then um, saw that he had Jumpstart Germantown. And after looking on the website and and finding out some more information, decided, uh, wow, this is a great program, and already... I had been a, a licensed real estate professional for a few years, so, um, and a lot of my clients at the time were investors. So I, I was sort of a, a newbie in dealing with them and, and real estate and investing, and how does this all work, et cetera, et cetera. So I decided, oh, I like the curriculum. I'm going to take this class. And so it's, I thought, well, it's, it's, it's quick three classes, three hours, that's nine hours, and it's free. I mean. At the time. At that's the right, time, right. Mm-hmm. at the time. And so, um, which, you know, a lot of the uh, uh, webinars and, and things of that nature, they charge a lot oh, of money. Whole industry. Yes, yeah. yes. The, the real the, estate the, gurus. Yes, yes, yes. So I thought, well, this is, you know, it's here in Germantown. I'm from Germantown, Mount Airy, so let me, you know. Get with the program. And I took the class. It was a great class. And uh, I realized uh, Ken's, uh, the way he was thinking about things was really fantastic. That it was, because I was also seeing uh, a lot of um, gentrification and a lot of neighborhoods being um, gentrified.
1: Mm -hmm. And developed by people that don't live in the
0: area. Right, right. Mm -hmm. Right. And the the residents there having a hard time. So I thought, well, this is just great. This is a great idea. I'm going to do it. And after I did it and got it back out into the world again, um, when the opportunity came up, I said, "Well, I want to have my own jump start." Mm-hmm. So that's how I got. It. That's great. That's great. So the 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 neighborhoods that
1: that you mentioned, there's really definitely a, a cross section. I guess there, th- those are neighborhoods that are definitely in different uh, stages of kind of like a real estate cycle. Hmm. Um, so what has it been like for you developing the group? How many cohorts, how many training classes have you run so to date? And how many people have graduated through the program? Give us a little bit more of the, the context of,
0: of your group. Jumpstart North Philly West is has been uh, in operation for a little bit over a year. And we have had six cohorts, and I've graduated about 50 st- students. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. And to
1: date, um, how many, any success stories? Or it's still too soon to tell because it's no, just been a year. No, there's been
0: uh, a lot of success stories. Um, from each cohort, there has been someone who's, or one or two people that have been. Just hit the ground running. Yeah. And, and I have to say that um, uh, a lot of the participants were already involved in real estate through their you know they have their own portfolios or they have you know a house that they inherited didn't want to know what to do with it well how should i proceed with Mm -hmm, this mm -hmm. the family is talking to me and they want to sell it and what should i do should i keep it should i sell it should i what should i do so there were a lot of situations like that um uh one in one person from the first cohort she is actually now uh, i'm working with her as as her realtor and she's about to close on a on a duplex um from another cohort there's two individuals who are very much into the auction scene so they just went to the PHA auction and picked up some nice properties um another student who was already like having a few properties she picked up a few more properties and um has developed her portfolio mm mm-hmm. Um, and in, uh, let's say the fourth cohort, there is one participant who is now, she's, she's, she has, uh, she's about to purchase her first property. So I'm her mentor and, you know, we've been walking through the process slowly, slowly Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. going through, you know, getting funding, um, talking about contractors, finding the contractors. Her property is, um, a three-story triplex. Great. And it needs a lot of rehab. So working through that process and the negotiations with the owner. So, yeah, it's been a, a lot of uh, success stories.
1: And you've been, I've been hearing the pronoun she, her. So a lot of your participants have been women,
0: They right? have been, yes. Which
1: is really great because women, you know, are very underrepresented in real estate
0: development. Yes, yes, yes.
1: Um off the off the top of your head, do you have any stats in terms of the percentage and roughly approximate percentage of your classes that tend to
0: be women? Hmm. I is, would is say it... overall out of the 50 um probably 70% have been women. Wow. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. And they live in the neighborhoods. They live all over. Okay. They live all over.
1: Okay. Great. So why do you think the jumpstart concept has been so effective? What do you what do you attribute
0: the success to? I think that it's because number 1 it's easy to get into. It's local. It's not a high pressure pitch kind of situation, you know, you buy my, buy my tape, buy my program, buy my mortgage, your house, to (laughs) sign up for this coaching program. Right. So you get the, the same, uh, items that you would get, you would pay $5,000 to a guru for you get that and even more because you're getting, um, the classes, you're getting the mentoring, which is huge. And the access to, to finance.
1: Yeah, I think those the, those last two pieces are kind of like the secret sauce because mm. a lot of the gurus, even the gurus that have excellent training, yeah. The the mentoring is not local. Right. If they do have coaching, it's a coach in some other city and so right. there's a limit to how much ultimate value you can get from that. Right. And then the the financing piece, that's huge to be able to have the connection to um financial resources yes. and have that kind of pre-vetting having already taken place yes knowing that okay this lender knows what jump starts about and so you you don't have that hurdle of trying to explain right so that's great
0: i think the other um the other part of that is that because it is local it is looking at the health of each neighborhood in philadelphia and it's offering people an opportunity to get in the game and but also to make positive effect in their neighborhood. Mm-hmm. So they're not gentrifying their neighborhood. They're revitalizing their neighborhood.
1: Well, to ben- yeah, to benefit from the, the change. So, yeah. you know, yeah. the rising tide lifting yes. all boats. That's right. That's as opposed right. to like, OK, I see some people benefiting. What about me? Right.
0: Exactly. So, so. I think that's why it's uh, very, very popular.
1: So what's been um, do you recall your first real estate investment? Is there something mm-hmm. that you kind of, you know, feel warm and fuzzy about? Your first, your first. You always investment. feel warm and fuzzy about the first. <laughs> the first time, right? <laughs> um, <clears throat>
0: my first or, was. Or
1: among your first transactions. Well,
0: as, a, as, as, as a real estate investor, my first was a property in Darby. I had a business partner and we um, bought this property from a wholesaler and um it was a twin four bedroom two and a half stories really needed a lot of work we got it for 50,000 and the arv was roughly 160 okay so that's after repair value folks yes per, yeah mm-hmm. and it needed about 50,000 in repair seems seems like a home run right the math yeah the yeah, math the math works mm-hmm. So we got into it, and um, the contractor, we had a great contractor. Contractor came in, ripped out, you did the demo. This house was um, a notorious house because it, we didn't know this at the time, but the family that had lived there prior had, been, um, had some real issues. And one of their children, um, their teenage son, was a, an active drug dealer, and drug user and so we found uh we found a lot of needles used needles in the house and paraphernalia all over so and then the whole the whole place was just a wreck um so after demo uh we get down to the to the studs everything looks pretty good Um, proceed with the the rehab and that's going along pretty good and then we come into some snags with the the uh, county with the with derby uh, because they you know the inspector has to come in at certain points and the inspector would come and say oh well first off getting the inspector there was a challenge so uh before we could close the walls the the inspector would have to come and so we'd make the call hey can you come today and Well, we'll get around to it. Okay, we'll get around to it Uh, a week later, and mind you, we can't do anything, right? Right. We'd have so a week later. So that's a week lost. Um, They would come and they say, "Okay, yes, good." And then so there was a there was something like that on each step. The last one being that the uh, we had to get the sidewalk repaved. Why? I don't know. <laughs> but we had to do it. So getting the getting that whole process done took a long time to, for the inspector to come out. So I think maybe that delayed us about almost a month. Wow. Yeah, almost a month. So after that... Uh, so, basically,
1: it, so basically something that you thought you'd be in and out of within 30 to 45 days. Well, we gave or- it three Three months months. three months yeah
0: yeah it's maybe four at the most okay ended up taking eight nine months wow yeah so um i was the realtor on the deal of course and listed it and got some good action in the beginning um but there were a lot of people that came just to look and what we call looky-loos. Okay right. like the neighbors. right. Hi, right. I see the, la la la. What's going on here? Oh, that's a nice. Oh, you did a great job with this. Oh, do you know what happened with this house? the history of this house? I mean, to the point that uh, the history was so infamous that uh, news, it was on the news, it was in the newspapers. Wow. it was quite the quite the pop you know famous house. Mm-hmm. So um, once the neighbors came in and looked. Um, then we got some actual potential buyers and it took a long time, a long, long, long time to sell. And so I was thinking, you know, I would get feedback from my open houses and say, well, what's the, what's, what do you think about this house and what, what's the feedback after? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it was kind of, I don't know, things that, well, for example, someone with, it was a shared driveway. So, But it was a kind of shared driveway that only one car could go up the driveway. And once you got to the end of the driveway, once you pulled over, there was not really enough room for the next door neighbor's car to pull in. Now, fortunately, the next door neighbor was not there. Um, They lived somewhere else. So maybe this made it an issue as well because the house was not lived in. It did not look abandoned, but it was not an active house. And mind you, the block is a beautiful block uh, in a beautiful neighborhood. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it was just really nice, near public transportation. It should have been a, you know, home run. slam dunk, right. Yeah, Yeah. yeah. So, anyway, it took a long time. And then some of the feedback from the um, potential buyers was um, the street is too tight. So it was a one-way street parking on both sides. Now, in Derby. And so, yes, okay. It was a little tight, but you're getting a nice, r- brand new, renovated house mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. for one hundred mm-hmm. and fifty thousand dollars, and you're already going to have equity in because some of the comps are around were one hundred and eighty, two hundred, etc. So in the end, um, um, I actually had another agent list it for me thinking that maybe I'm, you know, I, I'm too close to it, right? Yeah, Mm -hmm. maybe my, my network, let me just try another agent. So by the time we did all that, and it took a couple more months to, to sell, um, it it eventually sold and we didn't lose money, but we didn't make money. Mm
1: -hmm. So what, what would you say would be the lessons learned from that experience?
0: First lesson is to really get to know the county and their rules and, how to interact with the folks at the county office that's number one my business partner at the time i think was kind of um very aggressive with the county um, clerk for example and because subsequently i have had uh, interactions with that same office and just been very gentle and calm and okay well you know and things have gone smoother they've gone smoother so i think that Getting to know your local officials and how they their processes mm-hmm. is number one. Number two is looking at the property. Um, if you can get some history on the property, Google it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like oh, triple homicide. Right, right.
0: <laughs> because it may. Look or it was fine. a meth house, or right? Something. It yeah. was a meth house, and this was kind of like that. It was like a, a, a heroin house. So get some get some background. Yeah, yeah, I remember that happened. I was looking
1: at this was a couple years ago. I was looking at an apartment building and I googled it and all of these news stories came up like over the years. Wow. Two different fires that had been at the property. Uh, Nobody had died, but, you know, big enough that the TV station had gone out and covered it. So, you know, Action News had there's a link to a, a, a video report. Philadelphia Inquirer had stuff. And then I think there was a situation with um, a shooting or whatever like that. But it's like, wow, you know, this is definitely, the real estate broker is not going to tell me about, this, about <laughs> right, any of this stuff. Right, right. So,
0: and they may not even know. That's true, right. They may not even right. know because most agents don't Google the property okay, to see yeah. what happened.
1: Google is your friend, mm. everybody out there. So yes. for, for
0: these sorts of things. Yes, yes. So I would say that and, um, of course, getting a good contractor. And we did have a good contractor good prices, understand the draw schedule and but also understand how the permitting uh, process goes and how, you know, the timing of it. So here again you are interacting with the local authorities, you're understanding the permitting process and and factoring in that time plus some for as a cushion. Um, and also just look at the area and if you would want to live on that block. So once I got feedback that the block was tight, you know the, I said, "Oh, yes, it, it is kind of tight. I would still buy it, but it's kind of mm-hmm. tight. So for example, in looking at properties uh, in North Philadelphia, on the small, small streets, we have a lot of small streets where people have to park part of their car on the sidewalk in order for other cars to pass. You know, that's a consideration. Think about that, how that person is going to feel every day having to park their car in such a manner. How are the other neighbors feeling about it? So these are all kind of considerations to make.
1: Or decide that because of those built-in limitations, Mm. maybe the target client for that property or the target future resident is a student or something, right. you know, you, you kind of go into it going, yeah, you kind of go into it thinking, okay, the person, I'm going to really market this to somebody who walkable biking motorcycle or whatever, you know, just something yeah. where the parking will be less of an issue. Yeah, I mean, particularly in this day and age with so much ride share. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think we're moving in that direction. I think so too. Where, you know, parking um, is going to become, it's going to become more of an issue in certain ways mm. um but it's also going to become less of an issue in certain neighborhoods because of the the live walk play you know people wanting to uh, live and work and have amenities right within walking distance right. as opposed to having to drive everywhere yeah. so um so talk a little bit more about newbie you know some of the, the common mistakes that y- that you see newbie investors make and who are some of the key people uh newbie real estate investors need to be associated with or have on their team to kind of ensure that they don't get, I mean, everybody's going to make mistakes, Mm. but there is definitely a way to start the race with a little bit of a head start Yes, as opposed to trying to reinvent the wheel and being the lone ranger and going out there and figuring out on your own. So what's some of the common stuff that you see newbie investors make and how can they kind of avoid those mistakes by having the right people, associating with the right people?
0: What's interesting is I see newbies and oldies making <laughs> similar mistakes. Okay. Um, and the top one, number one on the list is, can you imagine what it is? Can you guess? Um, Begins with a C. The cash? No. O-N, the contractor. Oh, the contractor. Okay. The contractor, which kind of gets the- into some cash because- the biggest number one mistake. well the number one mistake I think is to pay the contractor oh in advance in advance everything now i I have a client that did that yeah you know,
1: <laughs> I wish I had the prices right <laughs> 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 <You> know, <laughs> i need to, I need to get um sound effects, yes because there's certain
0: times in interview I can use them but anyway, <laughs> I'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> but yeah right. <laughs> Paying a contractor in advance. Now, I guess the the first, first thing is how you choose the contractor. So is it somebody that is recommended? Who recommended them? Are are they recommending them because they heard from somebody else, somebody else, somebody else, that this person has the ability? Or is it from somebody that actually worked with that Mm -hmm. person? So getting that the contractor is uh, licensed and insured... And you see their license and their insurance certificate.
1: Right, don't take it for, yeah, don't yeah. take their word for it.
0: Right. And um, so that's one thing, the contractor, all things around the contractor. Because remember, much like anything else, any other business, the person who's doing the work for you determines part of your success. Right. So um, the contractor so is that's a huge. big, 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 big part of it. Um, so that's oldies and newbies doing that. Um, the other thing, newbies, um, to really not over um, analyze the, the project, analysis paralysis, as, as it's called, mm-hmm. but to really take time and, and understand the numbers, understand your costs involved, the holding costs, the uh, things you might not think about. Okay, so I have insurance. Well, what about, what kind of insurance do I need? It's different from, builder's insurance is different from regular homeowner's insurance. Mm, right. So taking that into account and sort of uh, those kinds of costs and really doing the numbers what in, the, in the what if, like the scenario with Darby, what if it takes longer to get this project done? What is my uh, end game? How do I get out? How do I fix that? How do I mitigate right, any, right. any hard time? With that, what's what what are my what are my options? So know those things in advance, and um, with your contractor, as opposed to just saying, "Okay, here go and rehab this house for me," have a very specific uh, scope of work do this and a timeline and ha- have that in the contract with the contractor. Yeah, very, very
1: specific. I mean, right down to what sort of handles yes. should be used, what yes. sort of pulls should be used in the drawers in the kitchen. Yes. Because people are like, wait a minute.
0: Yes. And, you know, there's uh, there's, there's ways to get help with design, those kinds of design um, questions. or And so you want to pick a contractor who hopefully has a, an architect on staff or that they use. Um, that can do the drawings or, you know, do you yourself draw out, well, here's, take this, we're going to take this wall down or we're going to um, add this amenity to the house. So, you know, having that in the scope of work written and and your draw schedule is based on those milestones being met, uh, then I find that is uh, very helpful and keeps the project going well. So you
1: talked about... Um analysis paralysis but then there are also some people that feel like life is passing them by mm. and they've said no or they've they've looked at so many deals and passed on them because yeah. the numbers didn't work and so now they're like Ugh. yeah like they feel like this pressure to to pull the trigger on something yeah and so you know when they do when they do analyze the numbers okay let me shave a little bit off here let me add a little bit on here and right. okay it works right right Um, How do you you know, how do you mentor people through that sort of anxiety, you know, somebody who feels like they see their peers, or they see other people crushing it? Yes. And it's like, I want to get into the game, put me in coach. (laughs) (laughs) right? (laughs) So how do you how do you advise somebody like that who's itching to get their first deal under their belt?
0: And, uh, you know, I have, I have that even still sometimes myself, you know, oh, I have to, uh, oh, I I, I, this look at this deal. I could just, if if only I could fudge the numbers. Let me put on my rose colored glasses. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Right. It looks good. Right. Right. So my first bit of advice is as soon as you feel that feeling, take 10 breaths. Stop. Take 10 breaths. Now let's look at the situation. Get out the Excel spreadsheet. Put the real numbers in and see what it really looks like. Some situations, they look, um, might look a little more challenging on paper than they actually are. Some look less challenging on paper than Mm -hmm. they actually are. Mm -hmm. But just take a breath, take that time and and just look at the situation. Go to the neighborhood, walk the neighborhood, because that'll give you a feeling as well. Is this really going to work? It looks good on Google Street View. It looks good on paper. It looks good in the MLS. The, it looks good on the pictures that the wholesaler sent me. But when you get to the neighborhood and you feel what the neighborhood is all right, about, right. you get the vibe of the neighborhood, it's a different story. So you may want to pass on that. The other thing is, as with most things in life, take 10 minutes now to save yourself three hours later. So take the time to get everything in order and you'll save yourself a lot of heartache and aggravation later. And the other I guess another part would be that what is not everything is for everybody. So as Jill Scott says, everything ain't for everybody. Right, right. So uh the timing is your timing is what is for you, your timing. The other person, they may be losing money. And remember, you know, we see all these exactly. people, you know, here exactly. there everywhere doing blank on blank on Instagram, right, right? Showing right. Yeah. So, that doesn't mean that they're make making things. money. Yeah. And <laughs> even if they are or are not making money, maybe they have the pockets that can support that in a global sense. You know, their whole portfolio is can is some of it's making enough money that they can have some properties that don't make money. So from the outside, but you don't know about that backstory. You don't right. know how many other properties they have globally. Right, exactly. Right? Exactly. So don't look at what somebody else is doing. That's their story. Stay in your lane. Do your do you. Do exactly. your story.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Hmm. Let's go back um, with, with Jumpstart North Philly West. What, what has been the neighborhood reaction? Has the reaction been positive or how have you navigated that with the neighbors?
0: Our Jumpstart is still pretty new. Okay. And so... We haven't done uh, a lot of projects or many projects in, in the North Philadelphia West area just yet. However, as we're walking through the neighborhoods uh, and getting a feel for them, we are getting the, ooh, who are those people? You know, you, still, you see a group of people. It's a tour group yeah, yeah. coming through, yeah. <laughs> who are those people? What do they want? Or even, uh, let's say, myself and another, and a mentee would go out to our property to look at, you know, do our due diligence. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'd still get the mm, mm, the side eye. Okay. <laughs> what? And so, a lot of people in North Philadelphia West are experiencing a lot of anxiety right now because they see next to their house a four story uh, aluminum clad oh a monstrosity yes being built, and it's selling for four hundred thousand dollars in an area where properties are actually one hundred and fifty thousand. So there's a lot of anxiety. And uh, what I always talk to um, the class about is realize that there is this anxiety and, and, as you, and go talk to the neighbors freely and, and honestly. Hey, I'm from Jumpstart North Philly West and here's what my plan is for this particular property. I'm thinking about buying it and here's what I plan to do with it. How do you feel about that? What, do you think, what would you like to see in this mm-hmm. neighborhood, especially if you're going to buy like a, a, mixed, a mixed use, or a corner property, which it has, ha- was a store and a, an apartment upstairs. What would you like to see here? Mm-hmm. You know, and kind of take a, a, a poll of the, of the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. So I have found that that has been very beneficial, even to the point where, even though we're not doing work in the block, neighbors would call. Oh, that's good. Yeah, and say, hey, I heard about, and can you help me with? Can you answer this question? Can you point me to? So oh, yeah. that's huge. Yeah, that is part of our our work as well.
1: That's great. That's yeah. great. So, Robin, what's your personal dream real estate project? I mean, what would be?
0: Ooh. <laughs> what would be on your wish list? How much to- time do you have? Okay. <laughs> How much money do you have for me? <laughs> i mean the sky's the limit right so um my dream um project is a mixed use from the ground up brand new new. construction okay Yeah, yeah a mixed use property um could be any kind of mixed use uh but mixed use
1: and you like that because of the, the business possibilities in terms of having... Well,
0: I like it from the uh, design perspective from, uh, you know, because remember, I'm architectural background. Right. So right. I like it from the building perspective, seeing something come out of the ground. I like it from the design perspective to be able to say, and I'm talking not just one house, but let's say a, a group of houses together. It's looking at what's in the neighborhood and designing something that is compatible yet progressive and that will uh, provide opportunity for the neighbors uh, and, and, and increase the value of the neighborhood and, and the life uh, experience of the mm-hmm. neighbors, you know, something that enhances the neighbors.
1: Mm-hmm. I'm not sure what that sound is, but do you hear that?
0: It's the sound of my dream project <laughs> being built. <laughs>
1: the sound of construction perhaps which happens which happens a lot around here yes so robin um oh, we had mentioned at the top in in your bio that you're an expert in architectural lighting mm-hmm. first can you tell our audience exactly what that is what it covers and how you got interested more about how you got interested in lighting
0: well architectural that's somebody that's- calling to say i want to <laughs> give you
1: <laughs> oh my god it never stops
0: um, architect Lighting is, uh, if you think about it, um, we need light to see. And in most building projects, we have uh, someone who is um, working with the architect to figure out how the lighting should work, how it should look in each space. Um, and a lot of people think, well, why do we need a, a lighting designer to do that? It's because... Um, As lighting designers, we are not only looking at the artistic aspect of lighting, we're looking at how it enhances um, health and well-being because certain light has certain effects on the human body. So we are taking those things into consideration as well. As well as the artistic, how to best present this architecture uh, and also for safety um, and visual acuity. So this is part of the lighting designer's job.
1: Yeah, it's something that so many of us take for granted, but it really does have yeah. a, 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 an emotional impact on people yes. when they walk into a space.
0: And they might not know why. Yeah,
1: it's like, mm. Yeah. And it's like, you know, like even in some of these new construction apartment buildings, it's like, why hasn't that unit rented out yet? Yes. Well, the lighting isn't all that great. That's right. The natural lighting isn't all that great. And people walk in and it just kind of doesn't feel, it feels cold. It feels, you know, they feel like depressing.
0: And one of the things that I talk about in in our classes in design is uh, you'll see a lot of uh, LED right now. So it's very important to, to, you'll walk into a new construction or, or a new rehab and you'll see very bright white yeah, light yeah. Uh, on gray walls. So this is not a warm home, home-like, home f- you know, warm home, heart. Yeah, it's very industrial. Yeah. So you, you probably don't want to do that. Um, and one of the, the things about that is the color temperature of the light. So color temperature is, is it cold? Is it warm? Yeah. And you want to have warm in your homes. You want to have warm in most places because it's, it assimilates uh, sunlight.
1: This is so fascinating because um, a couple of months ago, the New York Times had a story about how the city of Rome was changing all of its street lighting over to LED lighting. Yeah. And then the Romans started, like people, long-term residents, started really um, up in arms about it. Yeah and they the new york times had a side by side photo did they and it dramatically changed the whole kind of european cobblestone right. you know that led lighting yeah in the same neighborhood and then another the same part of the neighborhood that had the traditional lighting yeah and it was, it was the, the led was so white and bright and then the traditional lighting had this warm glow to it yeah and the people were saying you know you're changing the, part of the 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 character of Rome, right? With this LED lighting, right. it's it's too it's too aggressively bright. Yeah. at night, harsh.
0: <laughs> it's too harsh. And the other thing about that too is that uh, there's many studies that uh, the frequency of the light on the blue frequency, it, it, it keeps you awake. It's kind of like your computer screen, you know. It's the same frequency that works in the brain to keep you awake. So that's a that's an it's, issue. In street lighting mm-hmm. and in home lighting, you wouldn't want to have that in your home, right? Where you're constantly, you know, on edge, wired, yeah. yes, and you don't know why, but it's, it's the lighting. And LED does come in different uh color temperatures, so you can get warm, medium warm, and okay.
1: cool, okay. So, this is really important to consider because I think this is falls into kind of the staging, yes. subtle staging in a home, yeah. So, when people are doing that renovation, like you said, think about what is the lighting going to feel like to the future owner, the future resident yeah. of, of this property and adjust accordingly, not just go with what was on sale at Lowe's. Right. Or, or what the contractor brought in. Or what the contractor or brought in, contractor brought yes, in so or what's environmentally, you know, what they're telling you, okay, use this because it's going to last for 10 years. Or yeah.
0: And they may say, well, here's a little secret about LED. Um, they used to say it was going to last for 10 years. And that's true. Ten years from the time you bought it, you would look at it and you will see that it does glow, but it's not producing a usable light. Wow! At the end of ten years, it's still on. It's still on, but okay. it's not producing any usable light. So okay. they've actually uh, adjusted that to five years. Wow, that's a,
1: that's a big difference. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that is a big difference. So, Robin, you know what are you what are you most excited about as it pertains to your JumpStart program? What are you looking forward to? in the next, um, you know, 12 to 18 months. Can you tell us what's on the horizon?
0: Well, I'm starting, um, and so this goes to um, what's different in North Philly West. So keep in mind that North Philly West, and that's west of Broad Street, was a a center of uh, manufacturing. The level of poverty and uh, vacant properties in that area is quite high. So I'm looking forward to working with the, the residents in each of the areas of North Philly West to become their own real estate developer. And that's kind of how I'm moving the program from um, the traditional, so to speak, uh, investor and working with the residents and say, listen, let us show you how you too can benefit from all the growth that's going on in this neighborhood
1: so they get more neighborhood engagement more community yes. involvement
0: yeah yeah and so i've already proceeded to do that and have developed a lot of relationships with the cdc's around and different neighbors and you know so different neighbors in different pockets of north really west uh, great. will call me and say hey you know this is going on that's going on great yeah So,
1: Robin, for people who do want to get in touch with you and learn more about Jumpstart North Philly West, um, what's the best way to find you online?
0: Uh, The website, www.jumpstartnorthphillywest.com. Jumpstartnorthphillywest.com.
1: Great. So, folks, we've been talking today with Robin Miller, leader of Jumpstart North Philadelphia West, And she's also a realtor here in Philadelphia and an architectural lighting expert. Robin, thank you for coming in today. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. And so for those of you still listening out there, remember, if you want to find past episodes of uh, the Jumpstart Philly Real Estate Radio Show, you can always find them on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, and Spotify. And you can also find the show on the Jumpstart Germantown website, which is jumpstartgermantown.com and also if you're really enjoying these interviews and you'd like to show your support please leave a five-star review on any of those sites it would really really help and i'd greatly appreciate it so until next time have a great weekend and i'll see you next time bye bye